Yeah, good to see a few people. There's about about seven of us on the Zoom, so not many, but I'm sure more people are working, watching on YouTube. Um, so, yeah, I thought it would be um, good to take opportunity to share. So, um, what I want to talk about, I've been doing this Christian ministry course since October. It's um, it's every Thursday, and um, and it's been really refreshing, and it's been a real blessing to me. I found a real <clears throat> renewal in my own life, and there's lots of things I could share about it. But um, one of the things that's been really good, the the emphasis on it hasn't been on giving us a load of teaching. Um, there's the content is actually quite varied. There's a lot of time spent in worship. Um, time praying together, prophesying over each other, um, doing street outreach. And um, where there have been teaching, there's just been quite simple messages and then time to um, to process it and ask the Holy Spirit, how does that apply to me? And, um, and for me, that's been quite valuable because I don't know about you, we can get a lot of Christian teaching and some of it is great and some of it is life-giving and absolutely necessary, but Sometimes it can be a load of information and it can be um, like, this is what you should be doing or this is how you should be. And it can be like, this is where you should be up here. And sometimes we can feel I'm down here. And and that sometimes is not always life-giving. Obviously, it's the way we, we receive it. Um, but on this course, we've been... Uh, and of course, what we really need is not, not head knowledge, but it's revelation, isn't it, to our heart and the Holy Spirit ministering to our heart and um and there's actually so many different ways that we can receive from the holy spirit and and i've benefited from um learning to encounter the holy spirit in different ways and one of the exercises we did was um they set up a whole room full of different encounter exercises and um i found them all quite meaningful but there was one in particular where um and <clears throat> there was a table full of all, all sorts of different gifts and um I was going to have a photo of that. I haven't, haven't got it, but I was, um, and we had to ask the Holy Spirit, um, show us which, um, draw us to one particular thing. And it might be something God wants to give us or um, something he wants to impart to us, or maybe a gift that he wants us to be to other people. And so I opened one up and I'll attempt to share my screen and share a photo. Um, now I can't do that, but um, it says host disabled screen sharing. So uh, I don't know whether that's easy to sort or whether I'll just um, <clears throat> manage that. Leave host, Martin, so you can share your screen now if you can give it back to me after. <laughs> uh, let's give this a try. Um, that's the wrong one. So let's... Uh, I shall give up if this doesn't work very quickly. Um, so hopefully you should be able to see um, a, a jewel there, a diamond. We did see it. We just see your background now. Oh, OK. So it was that other screen. It's it there. Was. Yeah. There you yeah, go. I've got it now. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I was drawn to this box. I opened it and there was this this diamond inside. And um, uh, and and this this exercise um, if you approached it the wrong way in you know, a sort of a British cynical attitude, it could have been a bit 
cheesy, but when you went uh, approaching it, really hungry to hear from the Holy Spirit, I found it very powerful. And um, um, and and God started to really speak to me through opening this box and seeing this inside about um, my own value and worth. And and that that's something where I know it all in my head that. Um, God sees me as precious and valuable and of great worth to him. Um, but it's something I have trouble actually receiving um, really in my heart. And, um, and, <clears throat> and God started impressing it on me in a much deeper way, really. And, and one thing in particular I noticed was that there were these two jewels, and one of them was absolutely perfect. Um, they were both actually flat on the back. Well, they were actually plastic, not real diamonds, but nevertheless, they're diamonds. Um, and and the other one was also flat on the back, but it had this lump on it. And um, you can, if I go the right way, uh, you can see it, it just stuck up on the outside. And so this stone had a blemish on it, but what God was speaking to me, um, it had the blemish, but it didn't detract from its value. It was still a diamond. It was still something of very great value and very great worth. Um, but what the effect of the blemish was, because um, as I say, these were all flat on the back, so they, they would um, connect together. And, and because it had this lump on it, um, if, for instance, you had another stone with a hole in it, they would connect together better, or you, know, you could pin it to a wall or something. And so the blemish actually enabled connection and and God started speaking to me and saying, you know, our weaknesses and our blemishes are not things that detract from our value at all, but they are things that enable us to connect to others because it's through our own weaknesses um, that we can um, we can connect with other people. We we can um, <clears throat> just what's the word associate or or empathise. Um, you know, because it's not when um, we're strong and capable and able and doing really well that that doesn't um, draw us close to people. It's through sharing weaknesses and, and finding um, um, being able to sympathise and empathise with the weaknesses in others. So um, yeah, so so that was what I wanted to share really, and um, and just really the challenge that. It's so easy to um, look at the things we do or the things we're good at um, in, as things that give us value. But of course, that's that's a completely wrong way of looking at things, isn't it? Our value is based on what God says about us and who He thinks we are, and um, and just the focusing on that um, is important and valuable because then it takes the emphasis off our own works and our own efforts and our focus is on what who he's made us so yeah amen amen thanks yeah. Mike. that's brilliant guns out <laughs> and uh excellent i really appreciate that and uh and just hearing that so we've got a couple of other people come to share testimonies um Alan, are you here to share a testimony, Alan Edwards? 
I realized some people came to the room thinking it was actually just uh, everyone was joining the room, but um, uh, but actually, so they suddenly found themselves in the wrong place. Um, so let me just check that. Okay, I'm going I'm to share um, something. If you are here to share a testimony on the Zoom call, if you could put yourself in the chat. Martin, if you could make me the host again, that would be brilliant as well. Uh, <laughs> and then I'll just share okay. something. Okay, um, uh, how do I do that? Um, on the participants, you click on my name and the three dots, I think it is, and click make host. There you go. Lovely, thank you. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna... Okay, so yeah, I think for me, it's uh, been a really interesting year of just um, going through God's word, a lot of time of reflection and change and things like that. Um, and so again, learning new things. I think some of the key things that God's been revealing to me over this year in his word is uh, I think something I really enjoyed reading is through kind of the history of Israel um, and understanding in a, in a fresh way kind of the position of Israel in God's plan and purpose. Um, and particularly kind of reading the books of uh, Jeremiah, Isaiah, um, and understanding what led to their kind of um, uh, removal from the land. Because if you don't know, because of their unfaithfulness, they were conquered by the Babylonians um, and taken into exile. Uh, and there was obviously a lot that led up to that. And it wasn't just an overnight thing. There was a lot of unfaithfulness over many uh, kind of hundreds of years, really. Uh, one interesting thing through that is that throughout it all, you see God really not wanting to do it. Um, God doesn't want to punish his children. He doesn't want to discipline them but equally realizing that there's a place where at some point there's a need to do so. Um, and throughout it all, God is always saying, oh, but if you repent, if you turn, then I'm going to forgive you and I'll restore you and heal the land and, and these kind of things. And so um, it's very interesting to see that. But obviously there comes a point where God, um, yeah, kind of enough is enough and he has to deal with his children through this discipline and taking them into exile. Um, and there are a few interesting things that kind of reasons why uh, this happens. One is predominantly about idols, that they follow after other gods and they serve other gods. Um, and so you, uh, yeah, so you, you see that and maybe we're very familiar with that. And there's always a question for us today of well, what are our idols that we're taking us away from God? Um, the other really interesting one, and I, I really want to look into this more, and maybe there'll be a sermon about it one day, but is about Sabbath. Um, and God very much says, um, you haven't uh, obeyed the Sabbath. And this comes out all the time. And, and you think it might be other things about murder and adultery and all these kind of things. But actually, one of the key things that God really gets angry about with his people is, is their refusal to obey the Sabbath. Uh, and for me, that's really about his rest. And, and I think there's a real message in there for us, not just about, you know, have a Sunday off, but, you know, whether we're entering into God's rest and trusting him, but that's a story for another day. Um, what I wanted to read 
today was um, just from the book of Isaiah, chapter 58. And if you've got a Bible, you can follow along with me. Um, and so it says in at the beginning of chapter 58 of Isaiah, it says, cry aloud, do not hold back. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. Declare to my people their transgressions, to the house of Jacob their sins. Yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways. Now, if you read that, it says, yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways. And to me, that sounds like a good thing. Yeah. Um, if I said to you, you know, I, I'm seeking God daily and delighting to know his ways. You say, that's good, Daniel. Uh, but then it says, God says, as if they were a nation that did righteousness and did not forsake the judgment of their God. Uh, and whenever God says kind of as if, it means kind of um, they're acting as if they're doing righteousness. They're acting as if they're not forsaking the judgment of their God, which means actually, even though they're seeking God daily and delighting to know his ways, they are actually being unrighteous and they are forsaking the judgment of their God. He goes on to say, they ask of me righteous judgments and they delight to draw near to God. And so again, it reminds, that sounds good to me. It's like, yeah, we want righteous judgments. We want to draw near to God. Um, but God isn't saying this in a positive way. He then says, they, the quote is, why have we fasted and you see it not? This is what the people are saying to God. Why have we humbled ourselves and you take no knowledge of it? So they're fasting, they're humbling themselves, but they feel like they're not connecting with God. And then God says, behold, in the day of your fast, you seek your own pleasure. Now, I don't know if you've ever fasted much. Um, uh, I think I, I, it's one of those things I think about a lot. I think I need to fast more. I need to seek God more. Um, but mate, don't do it enough. But I, I've never thought in a sense that I'm fasting for my own pleasure. I don't get enjoyment out of it uh, in any particular way. Um, but God is saying, actually, your fast is all about you. And this is the criticism, that they're coming to God in ways that it's all about them and not about God. So they want to draw near to God. They want righteous judgments. They want God's presence. But their fasting, in a sense, is for themselves. It's to feed their own needs. And, and God says further on in uh, that this is not acceptable. This is not the fast that he's looking for. Um, it's been interesting as well. We've been watching as a family the, the Chosen uh, series. Uh, advocate that again if you haven't seen it yet. It's very good. Um, and one of the things that really comes across is the, the Pharisees. Now, the Pharisees were the righteous uh, religious leaders of the day, and they tried to please God in every way. They, they wanted to observe the law so much, and part of that is in reaction to Israel's unfaithfulness in previous generations but they wanted to observe the law so much that they created extra rules to make sure they didn't um, disobey the rules. And so they added rules upon rules and they were trying to obey God. But it was interesting that when you see Jesus come and um, speak to them, he wasn't happy with what they were doing. And we know this a lot. Often Jesus would criticize the Pharisees and say, you know, you brood of vipers, you're the father of the devil, uh, sons of the devil, um, and things like that. You're whitewashed sepulchres, which means, you know, you're like a tomb that looks nice on the outside, but you've got dead bodies on the inside. 
Um, these are the people who try to obey all the law, do all the righteous things. But Jesus wasn't happy with them because they'd missed um, his purpose. They'd missed God's true calling. And, and one of the things I often think about when I think about the Pharisees is I want to make sure that I'm not a Pharisee. Because again, in their mind, they were like, no, we're, we're God's people. We're the ones who are doing it right. We've got it all together. And sometimes when Jesus would say something to them or say something about them, they'd suddenly do like this double take and they'd think, oh, wait a minute, is he talking about us? Um, and they were kind of surprised that they weren't used to people criticizing them. They were the re religious elite. Um, and so when Jesus did, it was a surprise to them. And I often think, I don't want to be in a position where I am like the Pharisee, where I think, you know, I, I'm, you know, God's chosen, I'm God's person, I'm, you know, righteous and things like that. And in a false way, and, and actually miss what God is really saying at this time. So again, not coming with assumption that uh, we've got it all right, but humbly before God and listening to him. Because then in the book of Isaiah 58, in verse 6, he goes on to say, is, this, is not this the fast that I choose, to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the straps of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, and to break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house when you see the naked to cover him and not to hide yourself from your own flesh? And this was the thing that they were trying to do all the law, but they were forsaking basically the really basic things about loving others, about um, releasing captives and um, sharing food with the homeless and, and things like that. And it really reminded me, and if you go on to a couple of chapters in Isaiah 61, and this is, might be a familiar passage because it's the passage that Jesus himself read in Luke chapter 4, where it says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour, and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to grant those who mourn in Zion, to give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a faint spirit, that they may be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. They may build up the ancient ruins, and they shall raise up the former devastations. They shall repair the ruined cities, the devastations of many generations. And for me, Jesus, this is what Jesus was saying, but Isaiah was saying this in response to these things, the false fast, the false motives, but this is what Jesus was saying. You guys, when he came, he was saying, you've done it this way. You've been trying to serve God. You've been trying to be righteous, but let me remind you, this is what God has called us to do, to release the oppressed, to heal the brokenhearted, set captives free, um, bring healing and it says again back in chapter 58 that when we do this it says then shall your light break forth like the dawn and your healing shall spring up speedily your righteousness shall go before you the glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard 
And it's just that real encouragement. And, and for me, that's what I've been reflecting on in this year is, are we really paying attention to the Lord's call for us? Or have we deviated away from maybe something that God is, is revealing to us? Um, we get caught up with things and we can easily go off track. And so maybe in these last few days of the year, it's an opportunity just to reflect and say, you know, have I been, has my, in a sense, my religious service been focusing on myself? Is it for my pleasure rather than for God's? And we have this wonderful opportunity, just as I said at the beginning, God never uh, forsakes us, but he says, if you turn, I will bring healing, I will restore you. And so that's what God is calling us to, um, if we respond to his call. Uh, and the true fast of what he's calling us to as well. So that's kind of what God has been showing to me, what I want to share. Um, just checking if there's others in the room. Um, Alan Edwards, are you, did you want to share? We've got Alan Edwards in the room with us. You need to unmute yourself, Alan, if you do. Okay. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you now. Do you speak up. You've got to speak up quite a lot. I can only just hear you. Um, Alan, I can't hear you, I'm afraid. So I'm wondering if others might have a problem as well. No, this is one of the things we've all, all learned through 2020, um, wrestling with volume on Zoom calls and other things like that. Well, my, my phone is my phone is coming up with um, a green roundy. That's great now, I can hear you now. Go for it, Alan. That's strange. Okay. Um, I've been, Pam and I have been having a difficult time because we know, we know we're trying to move. And all the things that are going on, things have been mitigating against us to a certain extent. And, um, you know, we, we, we're having a hard time, really. I'm just, just on, not, not together, but, 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 you know, in, the, in the, the things that have actually been happening to us. And, um, you know, well, I, you look at this and you think, what's going on? I don't get this. But, you know, we, I've, I've found that I, I can see this and I, I think lord thank you i just want to thank him because you know i've just been calling on him and asking him lord lord you've got to deal with this i can't deal with it myself you know and i was reading one john um and he said this is the message we've heard from him and declare to you god is light and in him there is no darkness at all if we claim to have fellowship with him yet walk in the darkness we lie do not live by the truth but if we walk by the light as he is in the light we have fellowship with one another and the blood of jesus purifies us from all sin now because of the problems we've been having you know I've, i wasn't able to sleep i was finding myself tossing and turning and worrying and the situation was getting difficult because you know i was getting tired i was getting worn out uh, and getting irritable sometimes. But Lord God said, trust me, trust me, trust me. And that trust 
you know, it's it's something, it's something sort of irrational, isn't it, to the natural man to trust God for everything that's around us. It's irrational. And we want to, we want to do it ourselves and get on with it ourselves. And this situation came up and, you know, he said, yeah, trust me. Because I knew, I knew I was being, if you like, interfered with. I was, I was, questions were coming up in my mind. Things were happening and making me think about other things. And I realized that I was being attacked. I was being attacked. And I could feel this oppression. And I found myself lying there in bed thinking, Lord, what's going on? He said, trust me. You know, and I realized that I had to trust him in my, with everything. You know, not, you know, I trusted him when I was ill. I trusted him because it was my body that was suffering. But when it's everything else around you that's beginning, beginning to attack and things going on, you know, you, you, you think, I don't understand this. But we have an enemy, and that enemy disturbs. He always disturbs. He keeps on going at you and pressurizing you and disturbing your, disturbing your life. And God said, no, just trust me. Mm. And it's that wondrous grace. We, 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 um, signed, we signed our side of the deal, you know, so I'm giving it to the solicitor. And we're waiting for the um, people that are buying our house to sign as well. But for some inexplicable reason, they um, delay over Christmas. And we've got to wait until the 4th of January before we can actually go and contact the solicitors because they're on, on the holiday. <laughs> but, you know, that's, the, the whole thing is, is um, escalating. And it, things are moving. All sorts of things have been going on which are disturbing us. And I found myself being able to trust. Being able to trust. And find that God is in control. And he really is. He knows what he's doing. He's purifying. He's keeping us, if you like, in, in his way. He's purifying. He's given us the ability to sit back and believe that he is in control. He gave me that anyway. I don't know about Pam, I hope so. But there's a wondrous grace and mercy and peace in trusting. And it's that. And I, I've been through that before. I trusted God with my life before when I was very ill. But when it's day-to-day -day things, it seems different somehow when you're trusting for god to do something in you physically and 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 spiritually it's a different kettle of fish when it's day-to-day -day issues and things that you know you want to be have the lord to, to be control of it's totally different mm. and you want to you want to sort of put your oar in and and force it along but no, we need to trust. And I think that's the same thing with this coronavirus. The trust, we need to trust God that he will protect and keep us. It's a wonderful, wonderful freedom 
and safety. And I found that safety and that graciousness. Okay, I slip sometimes. We all do. But God is gracious. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Alan. That's so true. And it does remind me of two scriptures that hopefully, I'm sure you've thought of these over these coming, those weeks and months, but where God says that we cast our burdens upon him. Yeah. And joke up. And also, that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So I hope those scriptures encourage you as well. That's right. Um, we're just going to, um, John's going to share a couple of words um, now. So just going to hand over to him just to finish us off today. Thanks, Daniel. Thanks, Alan, for that. Um, just wanted to share a few reflections on this year with you all just briefly before we close. I'm just going to start with some scripture uh, Matthew chapter 16, and um, the passage is 13 to 20, but I'm going to jump in. Um, oh, I'll start there. Now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And then he strictly charged his disciples to tell no one that he was the Christ. So, I'm not going to preach on that. just wanted that to be the background in this wonderful... Um, um, I remember someone saying, reading this in a very humorous way, you know, them laughing about all the different ways that people thought Jesus was. But he said this, he said, who do you say I am? You are the Christ, the son of the living God. And, um, and Jesus says, God has revealed this to you, this revelation of Jesus. And then he says this, God or I will build my church on this rock of revelation of Jesus Christ I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And, um, and I, I've just got five points of reflection for us this morning from this year. And the first thing is, is that God is building his church. And he is and he has been, he's continued to be. Um, speak to any church leader this year, probably around the country, all leaders are reflecting and saying how church has been so different for them. It's been challenging. How do we do church? You know, what is church? Why do we do certain things? How are we going to do things? Um, but one thing is certain, even if there are things that are uncertain in the hows and the whys of the practice of church, God is building his church. And, um, and God is sovereign, and just, it was great to hear Alan share that this morning. God is sovereign. Nothing is beyond him. Nothing's restricting him. Not, um, nothing is coming against him in a way that will change at all his eternal plans and purposes. And he is building his church. So we keep on. We're not waiting for things to go back to normal before we re-engage with the mission of God, but we are seeking his will for this time 
Things are different. We've lost many opportunities. We've lost um, opportunities to celebrate and say goodbye, for many of us at least, uh, for John, who was promoted to heaven. Um, we lost real opportunity to celebrate and send out the Hawks family. Um, but we know that God has got all these things in his hands. God is still at work. And um, one of the things I think I want to encourage us this morning is that where many of us maybe have been watching church online, as it were, watching our services, what we all know that we don't want to be are observers, but participators. And I want to encourage you to find your participation, even if we are in lockdown. There is a place because God is building his church. Amen? Anyone in the house? It's a skeleton crew this morning. The second thing is this. This revelation of Jesus Christ is the rock and the foundation of our lives. It's the, the importance of personal relationship with God that is reliant on God and not on others. And that's something this year I think has been fundamental to God's church where we haven't been able to meet we haven't been able to do many things together. We've been, had the benefit of technology, but one of the things it highlighted in my heart is that meetings, sermons um, are there to encourage and grow us, but not to replace our own personal relationship with God. We never thought we would be cut off from one another in this way, um, but I think it's highlighted the need for our own personal relationship with Jesus. There is no replacement. That's the way that God designed it, that we are to be his children. We are to worship him, come directly with him, and church is there to help to encourage that as we do that together. Interestingly, I read this morning, Oswald Chambers, he said, our battles are first won or lost in the secret places of our will in God's presence, never in full view of the world. And the idea is this, that all the things that have gone wrong or gone bad, or, or I think that's the situations, they're not the battle. The battle is within us and, the, and our strength is in our personal relationship with God. All these other things are one on the basis of our own personal time with God. So I want to encourage you this morning as we look back on this year to recognise we stand because we have a personal relationship with God, not the quality of our YouTube streams or our Zoom small groups. They're all beneficial and important, but it's because we have a personal living relationship with Jesus. The third point is this, the importance to know the word of God and something that um, I've been thinking a lot and preaching recently. The Word of God is our anchor, our guide, our safety net to our personal relationship with God. If we just have a personal relationship with God, which is a very much a um, subjective, um, sense-driven relationship, and we are not guided or protected or um, within the boundaries of the Word of God, we can move into all sorts of um, subjective, flesh-driven, natural ideas and, and ways of, of believing in God. It can be very much based on our feelings or our senses or our, um, our own desires. And we know that we need 
the word of God spoken into our, into our lives. We need to believe the word, spend time in the word, be led of the word, and we need to beware of false teaching. And the enemy is subtle, and bad teaching is equally subtle, slowly taking us off course. And this, the word of God keeps us, strengthens us, and it keeps us on track. So God is building his church. We're to know God personally. We're to know the word of God and we're to walk with other believers. And the importance of the church community for mutual growth in God. We need to meet as much as possible. It's been wonderful walking around the park at eight o'clock in the dark, bumping into, with others and bumping into other people that are taking whatever time they can to meet with other people, even on a one-to-one, -one, which is what we're allowed to do at the moment in tier four. But we do that, we make the most of it, we get together as we can online and we understand that, that that is how we grow like the coals in a fire in the old story where when you take the coal out, it dies down in the heat, but put it back in, it's hot and it's strong. So we need to build one and up. We need to remember people, phone people up, consider people, walk with people literally and figuratively and we're to pray for one another. We're not to neglect the gathering together of God's people, um, and we can do that online. Uh, there are restrictions to do that in, in presence, but we can do that to some extent in presence. So we need to walk with other believers. And my final point is this, that because God is building his church, he's building up believers, he's sending out believers to reach out to the lost. And the importance of knowing that even in this whole pandemic, when the cafes had to shut down, all our activities have to shut down, our youth and kids workers pretty much almost shut down and struggling to find new ways to reach out. But nevertheless, in this unprecedented time, we have to think of unprecedented actions to reach out and to reach into our community, to invite those that we know into our lives, into those um, evening walks to continue to walk with people, spend time with people and not lock ourselves down because God's mission is still on and God is not on lockdown. So we need to take opportunity. We need to offer to pray for people. We need to take up opportunity to share about Jesus with people. So God is building his church. Know your God personally. Know the word of God. Walk with other believers reach out to the lost. And, um, and they're my little encouragements for us this morning as we come to the end of this year and start to move into 2021, which who knows what might happen in this next quarter. Um, everything is up for grabs. But I just want to encourage you, you know, God has been good to us and God has been working and sometimes we won't see the fruit, but seeds have been sown and, um, and we will see what God does in the years to come. But other than that, I'm going to finish there. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to close, and then we will um, meet again in the new year. So let's pray. Father, we just thank you. Thank you for these um, testimonies and words, Lords, that have been shared this morning. Thank you we've been able to do that while people being in different places. Lord, you have and continue to be good to us. And Lord, we just want to pray as we come to the end of this year, 
Lord, as we maybe look back and reflect, Father, that we would be aware of all the journey you've taken us through, all those moments where you've carried us, where you've challenged us, where you've grown us, Lord, where you've revealed things that you're doing in our lives. Lord, we often only see those when we look back. But Father, we thank you for keeping us as a church. Lord, we long to be able to gather in a really meaningful way. But Lord, we recognise that in your timing, we will do these things. Lord, you are still um, at work in a wonderful way. Lord, I just want to pray for each one. I pray for those, Lord, that are weary and tired from this year, that you would give strength, Lord, that you'd re-energise. For those that feel distant from you, Lord, that you would help them to know that you are close. Father, for those that are um, just longing for new freedoms, Lord, help us to just know, Father, that we are free in you, Lord, wherever we go. Help us to know that freedom within when we can't do the things we'd love to do physically. Lord, keep us. Lord, increase us, encourage us. Lord, as we just want to be uh, like you, to know you and to walk with you. So, Lord, I just want to thank you again for keeping us this year. Thank you for all those that have had to dig deep and learn new things, Lord, to make all this happen. Lord, you've been good to us. And we just, uh, yeah, just want to commit each part of this church, each member to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.